Welcome to the Wealth Standard Podcast with host Patrick Donahoe, author of the best-selling personal finance book, Heads I Win, Tales You Lose, and one of the nation's most influential financial advisors. The Wealth Standard's focus this season is investing. 2020 opened with markets and asset prices at all-time highs, but many of us experience more financial uncertainty now than we did a decade ago. Although there are more choices and opportunities than ever before, the risk-to-reward ratio teeters on a global fulcrum, contributing to the roller coaster of emotions surrounding financial well-being. It seems like everyone is walking on eggshells. This season, we'll cover topics revolving around investment theory and strategy, atypical investments versus conventional investments, and the role of investing within personal wealth strategies. The Wealth Standard Podcast is committed to inspiring you to be more financially free. There is no better time to gain clarity about your wealth strategy, your investments, and your financial future than now. Welcome to the Wealth Standard Podcast. The topic of discussion for this week's episode is will the Biden economy make, break, or will it transform you? So I'm going to talk about today the potential impact of a new presidential administration and how they are planning to influence the economy and how that might impact you. At the end of the episode, there's actually a tax strategy. It's an old one that I'm going to talk about. And the relevance of a tax strategy will be evident based on some of the data I'm about to give you. First off, I mean, we've had a lot of volatility, a lot of swinging when it comes to the markets, the economy over the last couple of months. You know, in January, the short squeeze on GameStop, the potential short squeeze that was initiated on silver. You have a almost $2 trillion stimulus package. You have Elon Musk investing a billion and a half dollars into Bitcoin. It's uh, and I can keep going, but there's a, a lot of volatility and news information spreads quick and it gives way to I would say, unless it controlled this very volatile, emotional roller coaster, anywhere from wanting to get in, the fear of missing out, also some fear and anxiety and worry about taxes and change. And I'm here to tell you that there is a very aggressive agenda that is hopefully evident to you. This isn't new. I'm going to talk about some of the details, but the actual agenda the purpose, the reasons, the results that this administration wants uh, has been clear for a while. So here's some of the bullet points. Raising uh, minimum wage to $15 an hour, forgiving student loan debt, making college free for people making up to $125,000 per year, increasing top marginal tax brackets to almost 40%, capital gains taxed for high-income earners, at the actual ordinary income tax rates, corporate taxes going up for real estate investors. I know many of you, I am myself, this has a huge impact, but the removing the step up in basis for real estate gains, 
as a potential as that passes along to the next generation. Biden also wants to, his administration wants to spend $1.3 trillion on infrastructure, $2 trillion on clean energy. The list goes on. And ultimately, you know, I think the word free is interesting because, you know, it's one of the first things you learn in economics is there's no such thing as free. Money may not be coming out of the pocket of the person that's going to college, but it's coming out of somebody else's pocket. So that brings me to just something very simple that kind of illustrates how the government, how the administration is going to pay for this and the potential impact it's going to have. You know, right now we have a $28 trillion deficit, which means, you know, there's debt and there's interest on debt of $28 trillion, which is a lot of money. (laughs) I don't need to go into that today. But really, there's only two ways to pay for these initiatives. And again, the initiatives, it's to uh, save uh, the middle class. Uh, It's to obviously, in part, continue some of the aid and, and support for those negatively impacted by COVID. But ultimately, there's only two ways to pay for it, taxes and deficit spending. So taxes, we are currently spending double what we collect, and I'm speaking as a country, spending double what we collect in taxes. Raising taxes by double, I would say, is very stifling, most likely disruptive, negatively disruptive to the economy. And so the easy way to do it, which has uh, been used for quite some time now, several decades, is deficit spending, which basically means that the government issues new debt, essentially IOUs, and the central bank gives them money created out of thin air in exchange for that debt. So that's where we're at. Obviously, I'm not going to stop there. You know, I can keep going through other bullet points of some of the agenda items. You know, a, a fascinating read. It's short. But if you guys are interested in all that detail, go to taxfoundation.org. You know, they did a, an, a whole analysis of what how this is going to impact things. Obviously, there's some variables in there that could potentially change. And it doesn't mean that all of these things are going to get passed and included in you know, some of the, the tax changes. We, we don't know. This is simply proposed. But taxfoundation.org is always on top of it. But their initial analysis is interesting, where we lose about a half a million jobs because of it. And we also have a decline in GDP and GNP, gross national product. And so everything is going down. And if you look at the distribution of wealth and income in the United States, everyone essentially loses because of the, this agenda. There's essentially just the population that is making $125,000 and below that actually benefits, but the benefit is slight. It's not that much at all. So it's just, it's interesting where you're able to look at, okay, what is the impact that this is going to have from a narrative standpoint? It's easy to say, okay, we want to save the middle class. We want to create jobs. We want to bring jobs back domestically. We want to X, Y, Z as end results and motivation to do certain things. But when you actually get into the numbers, it's really interesting where you have a much more objective point of view. So take that for what it's worth. But here is what I'm going to say. And this is kind of deviating from hopefully not raining too much on your sentiments. The idea here was just to kind of paint a picture that the volatility of life is here to stay. At the same time, I believe it's always been here. 
and always will be here. You know, I think our initial reaction to this is like, I mean, it's, at least mine was, it's like, the hell? Like, whether it's my kids having to pay taxes and pay back debt or my grandkids, right? That narrative is used oftentimes by conservatives, right? I get really emotionally stirred up uh, because I know, I mean, I, I know the data behind it, that this isn't going to make uh, much of a difference. It's just going to dig our, our hole even deeper. So if you're probably asking, why am I focusing this episode on, on this? I'm focusing on it because my reaction was very short-lived. And the punchline of it all is that there's opportunity everywhere. And it's always been there. You see, as much as we want life to be programmed and robotic and predictable, easy, it's not how it works. There's never been a perfect presidential administration, perfect tax code, a perfect economy, a perfect profession, a perfect spouse, perfect kids, perfect neighbors, perfect colleagues, perfect business. The only constant, right, is that things will change. Things will be volatile today, tomorrow, the next day. And I believe that this is the spice of life. It's the amazing adventure, the amazing ride that we're on. You know, I read something recently from a study by Cornell uh, that was done, I think, in 2005, 2006, that shows that the majority of what we fear and are anxious about has to do with the future. But here's the catch. Uh, in this study, 85% of the things that people worried and were afraid of never happened. The other 15% that did happen, participants in the study, and they usually will use a good sample size, right? So it's not skewed or biased. The participants said that of the 15% of the events that did happen in the future that they were anxious and afraid of, they either learned something or they handled it better than they thought they would when they were afraid and anxious about it. So my question to you is, what if your entire life, all your experiences, your thoughts, parents, your neighbors, people have influenced you, what if all of that was to prepare you for a life-changing experience today? And what's on the other side of that experience if you showed up with that belief? I'm not saying that you need to believe it, but I want you to consider that it might be true. What if everything in your life prepared you for something that was supposed to happen today, an experience, and based on how you showed up, on the other side of it could have been an amazing emotional experience, a meaningful conversation, a business opportunity, an investment opportunity, uh, a relationship, <laughs> an inspiration or motivation, a breakthrough, right? What if that was on the other side? You know, as I've looked at my reaction to life's events, typically what's going on around me, what's in business, the markets, news, social media, you know, I connected with something. And it's that these are things that are always going to happen. The degree, the scope is greater today than it's ever before. But I believe that leads to amazing opportunity. Because on the other side of how you show up is where wealth truly is. It's where growth is. It's where like we talked about last week on the podcast, it's where the uncertainty and the beauty, the excitement of life is. And that's where I'll bring to the next point. What if wealth wasn't a dollar amount in the bank? What if it wasn't cash flow? What if wealth, what if it was bringing your best self to life and to life? To life, meaning 
You bring your game every day, every experience to life is you wake it up. What if that was wealth? And then through that vehicle, your being who you are, you're able to experience what you really want. Growth, enjoyment, relationship. And it wasn't next week. It wasn't when, I'm, when you're 65. It was today, it was tomorrow, and the next day. I'm not saying that this is possible every, every day, but what if it were something that you became aware of, something new? You allowed yourself to be in a routine where you woke you up to life. What would be different? Taking a break from the show, you know, entrepreneurs inspire me. I love meeting leaders of successful ventures who discover an idea, formulate the business, and then execute. You'd assume that they know how to structure their personal finances. I believed that too, but I was wrong. Entrepreneurs are never taught to effectively manage their wealth to work alongside their business and lifestyle. All of that work, effort, toil, and time wasted. Entrepreneur 101 is an online course that teaches you a financial strategy that works so that success is not a flash in the pan, but lasting. The spirit of the entrepreneur doesn't have to be compromised. Register for the Entrepreneur 101 course today for free at thewealthstandard.com forward slash E-N-T. That's Echo November Tango. Thewealthstandard.com forward slash E-N-T. You know, I look at my experience and the probably millions of dollars I've spent on personal development, trying to understand myself, understand what I want understand why I say or do or believe or feel certain ways. And my discovery has been, I have so much to be grateful for. I have so much that is valuable. And when I start to focus on those items, when I start to focus on what I can bring as opposed to what I can get, life completely changes. And I believe that a lot of the events that will continue to unfold is for people, the human being inside of us, not the human doing, but the human being wakes up and it allows us to really exercise what we're capable of. Human beings are not meant to sit back, get a stimulus check, spend it on Netflix and movies. It's not meant to scroll through social media. It's not meant to be isolated in an apartment, in a house, even if you're living with people. I believe the circumstances that we're in right now are allowing people to live a very lax life. And I think that's anti-life. I think that's anti-human. I think that's one of the greatest tragedies of the last year is that the solution wasn't the human being. The solution to the challenges that were faced, okay? And there were macro challenges on a big scale. I think there were some really cool things that happened that allowed companies more leeway, to innovate, to solve problems. But I think on the micro level, on the individual level, there was a huge tragedy with the loss of opportunity to adapt, to change, to think, to solve problems. Now, I'm not saying that this is absolute, but I was really hoping that the exception wouldn't have been this. The rule became bailout, supplement, aid, help, so that people don't have to help themselves rather than it being the rule, and the exception being those that are in dire circumstances. 
the scary part is that there are some habits that have been formed and that is going to lead, whether it's student loan bailouts, whether it's prolonged unemployment, whether it's free education, there are going to be some unintended consequences from that. But that just leads to more volatility and the ability for you to ride that volatility and take advantage of tremendous opportunities because there's a lot of cool things happening in our world, whether it's advances in transportation, advances in medicine, advances in entertainment, advances in energy, advances in food. It's incredible what's going on if you just open your eyes to it. And when you approach life and you're trying to find the opportunities, you're trying to find the lessons, you're showing up as your best self and realizing that your one smile, one conversation, one acknowledgement, one text, how you doing, one written thank you note, I appreciate you for showing up in my life. One step away from a completely new experience of life, a completely new business, a completely new profession. So hopefully this is a mentality that you feel you want to embrace. It's not easy. The first step is being aware. Second step is doing what it takes to ground yourself. Could be a morning routine, could be a new habit of simply writing down what you're grateful for in the morning. But if you embrace this, I challenge you to do something right now, commit to something, put something on your calendar. Because if you don't, the human spirit in all of us will go right back to the way that it was and you'll forget the conversation. You'll forget the inspiration. You won't embrace it. Embracing requires you do something right now because it makes it real. It turns it into something that's an idea floating around. Yeah, I should, I should, I should, I should. Do something right now. Could be as simple as I'm going to write down the 10 things I'm grateful for every single morning. I'm going to write a thank you note every single day to somebody, or maybe three times a week, but something. And that is showing up as your best self. And you're able to take advantage of these extreme volatilities of life because I just named them, right? Higher taxes less money, potentially less wealth. That's what goes through our mind when we hear this data. But this is where I'm going to end and talk about a simple tax strategy just to prove the point that regardless of what has changed, okay, what new provision in the tax code, what new change to employment, change to this, change to that, whatever happens, there is always going to be opportunity. So here it is. So I've invested in real estate for a really long time. I got wiped out 2008, 2009, had to start over again. I was afraid, I was anxious. So it took me a little longer to start than most, but getting into 2011, 2012, I was pretty active. And there's a section of the tax code, the 1031 exchange, which allows you to defer gains on a piece of property and you do it through purchasing another property. But then if you sell that property, you can roll it, defer it into another property and into more, into more. So let me give you an example. So if you bought a $100,000 property and you sell it for $200,000, you have a $100,000 gain. Now, if you took that gain and rolled it into another property, you don't have to pay taxes. And now you want another property that will go up in value. Let's say you sell that and you keep doing this over and over again. And you get to the point where you have a million dollars and that million dollars if you pass away, transfers to your estate, and there is what's called a step-up in basis. What that means is that the gains that you previously had 
okay, they start over. Start basis is essentially the $100,000 original amount of money. Now it starts at a million dollars for your kids. So Biden is thinking, I mean, at least that's what they've said. It may not pass. It may pass. Who knows? They want to get rid of the step up in basis. So that would be a $900,000 gain if you started at $100,000, ended at a million, and we're betting on a step up in basis. So here's the strategy, and I'm going to link to a document and video that good friends of mine, Todd Lankford and Rick Randall, Rick Randall's uh, attorney, Todd Lankford is a uh, software developer. He's one that develops all the financial software that I use with my practice, with the Paradigm Life practice. And uh, there's a white paper, a video, whole nine yards. If you want to see this in practice, definitely reach out to uh, Tom Wheelwright of WealthAbility. He's the CPA. I'm not. I'm talking based on education only. There's the there's a disclaimer. And again, I'm going to remind you, the reason I'm doing this is to show you that there are things that you may not know that could be a, an even better solution than what is taken, what is taken away that was once a solution to your problem, whether it's uh, higher taxes, whether it's a provision like the removal of a step-up in basis, okay? There's always solutions. And there's a big one, okay? But the point is with everything that's going to be volatile, everything that's going to change, Okay, all of these new initiatives, instead of looking at half glass, half full and looking at it as, as a loss or a cost, okay, find the opportunity. So there's this old strategy called the charitable remainder trust. It's a, a state planning strategy where you can essentially sell an asset to a charitable trust, charitable remainder trust. And there's different versions of this. I'm just going to talk generally speaking, but a charitable remainder trust allows you to donate to this trust. And you appoint a charity of choice that will be the recipient of that amount of money when you pass on. But you get a tax deduction right now and you get to take income from that. And just a small percentage of what you donate to this charitable trust is passed on to a specific charity. Now, here's where the strategy comes in. You can actually purchase a insurance policy with some of those proceeds, or maybe there's an existing insurance policy. You have a life insurance policy, which will act as a asset replacement trust. And so you can essentially, to avoid the step up in basis and that huge $900,000 tax, you could get a tax benefit right now using a charitable remainder trust, and you can use some of the proceeds to replace the full amount of that asset, whether it's a million dollars or it could be less, and you use some of the proceeds to purchase that policy. So the numbers are all in this demonstration that I'm going to link to in the show notes. So make sure you go to thewealthstandard.com. It's very extensive. But it's a really cool strategy. And again, it may not ever be needed okay, if it doesn't pass, but it's something that exists as a solution. So my point on all of this is there are going to be some extremes going on. We're going to respond to them, react to them. It's going to be frustrating. It's going to be mind-numbing to an extent. But I want you to be aware of that reaction and shift gears. Shift gears to where is the opportunity. Okay, And with this, I look at wealth and the achievement of more money, of more investment, of more cash flow. That is a small portion of wealth, and it isn't really the foundation of wealth. Foundation of wealth is to experience life and to experience it at the highest level. It's to take your best self that I know is in you, God knows that's in you, your spouse knows it's in you, your husband your wife, your kids, your neighbors know it's in you, bringing that as often as possible. 
showing up, creating value, making a difference, experiencing the little things at a whole new level. That's wealth. Money magnifies that. If you don't have that foundational piece, it's going to be a frustrating journey accumulating more and more money. Actually makes the experience worse, in my opinion. So consider that as a possibility. Consider that the volatility gives you the opportunity to make new decisions about how you show up, to find opportunities, to bring out that human being inside of you that's there. And these are the opportunities that allow it to rise. Without these opportunities, you're going to sit on the couch, go to the beach, and not contribute much to life. And that's, in my opinion, not the life that I want. And I'm hoping it's not the life that you want. Life today is incredible. We don't have to worry about going and hunting for food or chopping wood to feed the fire, right? We don't have to worry that our kids are going to contract some gnarly disease and die when they're young. We have access to medicine. We have access to health. We have access to information, entertainment, relationship, more so than ever in the history of mankind. Yet there's a lot of evidence out there that points to people still complaining about life, complaining about their circumstances, complaining about Biden, complaining about Trump, complaining about this, complaining about that. Life doesn't have to be that way. And I think if you realize that number one, life is always going to be volatile, this utopian view of things that doesn't exist. (laughs) It's a mirage. But the beauty of life can be experienced by just those simple choices that we make, those simple decisions that we make. And I truly believe that you're one decision away from a completely new life. Thanks everyone for joining me this week. Go out there and make someone happy. Hope you guys had an awesome Valentine's Day. Love is what we're all after (laughs) in the the end. Go love somebody, go create some value and make a difference. Until next week, see ya. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Standard Podcast. Be sure to visit the show's official website, thewealthstandard.com for appropriate disclaimers and terms of service. Guest opinions are their own. If you require specific investing, financial, legal, tax, or any other specialized advice, please consult an appropriate professional. We welcome and appreciate reviews of the show. Head on over to iTunes or Stitcher to leave your review. And don't forget to subscribe to the show to get access to every new episode and exclusive interviews this season. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Oh,